أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وسلم يا من تسمعنا وترانا وتعلم حالنا ولا يخفى عليكم معرفتنا وحوالنا يا رب العالمين ربنا ها نحن اجتمعنا في هذا المكان لذكرك وشكرك وطاعتك وحسن عبادتك ربنا عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وطاعتك وحسن عبادتك واجعل اللهم جمعنا هذا جمع مبارك مرحومة واجعل اللهم تفرقنا بعده تفرقا معصوما ولتعلم فينا ولا معنا ولا منا شقير ولا محرومة وصل اللهم على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين نعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العودة من لساني يفقه قولي رب أوزعين أن أشكر نعمتك التي أنعمت علي وعلى والدي ونعمل صالحا ترضاه وأصلح لي في ذريتي إني تبت إليك وإني من المسلمين Now last week we were discussing and talking about the state of سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم after he got married to Khadija and began the journey of looking within. That means looking within himself to try to find a way out. Now, it is very, very important to realize from now the journey of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is a journey of looking for the truth, wanting to reach that which he's always been in longing to. He wants he want to go back to where he should be. And for this, if you look back at the state of the community in his time, the Arabs especially, uh, they were, although the descendant of Sayyidina Ibrahim salam and Sayyidina Ismail uh, initially they had what we call al-Hanifiya samha, okay? The pure, clear evidence of the religion of God. But then through time, things changed. And then when Sayyidina Musa السلام, okay, came to his people and brought Bani Israel from Egypt okay, to the land okay, of Palestine, and then some of them started moving down, coming to the area of Medina, and even some of them reaching Mecca, subhanallah, some of the Arabs embraced the religion of Judaism. Not all of them, but some of them. Some of them later on, when Isa alayhi salam message came through, they became Christians. And some of them remained on the Hanifiyah. That means the religion of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Still they are carrying that message. And how do we know it was that message? Because in it, all the rituals that Ibrahim alayhi salam used to have, they were having. Okay? On another side, there were those who were neither Christian or Jews, nor remaining on the position of the Hanifiyah, but they became mushriks. Learning some things that are coming from Persia, coming from the Roman okay, ruled areas, and Egypt, and bringing things that were not right. Just like other religions, okay, Judaism and Christianity at that time, began to move away from the path, the Arabs began to bring these things in. And the shirk became the most dominant, whereby, yes, they believe in God. Yes, they took some of the rituals, especially like Hajj, 
and the importance of Kaaba into the right position, but with the idols. As I said in my lesson three weeks ago, that in the Kaaba there were 360 idols. Okay? Allah says in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن إبراهيم كان أمة Indeed, Ibrahim was a nation. قَانِتًا لِلَّهِ حَنِيفًا He was always turning to Allah pure. وَلَمْ يَكُنْ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ And he was never one of those who were idol worshipping or taking any god beside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. شَاكِرًا لِأَنْعُمِهِ He was always grateful to Allah upon what he bestowed upon him. اِتَّبَاهُ وَهَدَاهُ إِلَى صُرَاتٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ For indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has brought him close to him and guided him into a straight path. وَآتَيْنَاهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ لَمِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ In this world, Ibrahim alayhi salam had the best. If you take it literally, the best was in his two wives, Sarah and Hajir, for Sarah gave him Ishaq, and Ishaq gave him Ya'qub, and Ya'qub gave him Bani Israel, or Ya'qub himself, his name is Israel, so that is in itself one of the best things. And in the other side, subhanallah, he had his wife Hajira who gave him Sayyidina Ismail, who brought Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to existence. Okay? But in the hereafter, Allah is saying he will be among the righteous. ثُمَّ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then we have inspired you in ittabi' millata Ibrahim Hanifa that you should follow the path of Ibrahim or the family of Ibrahim, or the tribe of Ibrahim, purely. For indeed, he was never from the mushrik, وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ So from here, from this verse, okay, or these two verses from Surah Al-Nahl, verse 122, okay, and 123, those three verses, they are really important to think about. Okay, why? Because they tell us, first of all, that Sayyidina Ibrahim salam was somebody who was pure in his religion. He was always inspired by Allah and following only the teaching of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah has given him those two great homes, the home of Ismail alayhi salam and the home of Sayyidina Ishaq alayhi salam. From them came a lot of good people. A lot of prophets came from those two homes. And Ibrahim alayhi salam, hence he becomes not just a prophet or a messenger, but a nation because from him, came the nations that we see today, the nation of the Arab and the nation okay, of Ya'qub uh, the nation of Bani Israel. Now, Allah inspired Sayyidina Muhammad to be in that position. You know, when we talk about somebody being pure, meaning al-fitra, upon the nature or the natural creation. Sayyidina Muhammad was natural in his way. As I said, there were some of the Arabs were natural. They just took what they think is good and they left the rest. They are not moving anywhere. They are not joining anything. Okay? And there are those who went and embraced new religions and there are those who went and followed the wrong path by becoming mushriks. Okay? Now, those people who were in that kind of path of al-Hanifiyyah among the people the Prophet spoke about and he had some com communication with them. Zayd ibn Amru, one of the great men of Arabia, Waraq ibn Nawfal, who was a relative 
of a Sayyida Khadija, Umayya ibn Abi Sult, one of also the noblemen of the time, Abdullah ibn Jahsh, who later on became one of the great companions okay, of Rasulullah All those people, they used to be seen in the Kaaba worshipping, but different than the worship of the idol, idol worshippers. And when Hajj comes, they were seen in Hajj, but they were not offering to the idols. They were different. Everybody noticed they are different. And also, they used to fast. And fasting was one of those acts of worship the people of Arabia used to have and used to do regularly. So, for example, when we come to Salah, but not in the way that we do it today, it was initiated from before, but it was only for the prophets and some of the nobles. People never managed to carry it until Muhammad وسلم, was called for the Mi'raj and it was given to him. Now it is easy for us to pray, you see? That's why Allah said in the Quran, وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَشِعِينَ It is indeed the highest of worships, except for those who are purely humble before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you are arrogant, you will not be able to pray. Arrogant people can never regularly keep their salah, okay? Therefore, when you find yourself difficult or difficulties in maintaining your regular salah, there is something wrong. You need to correct yourself because the salah is a deen. They do Ibn Amr, or Amru, the man whom the Prophet used to know before Islam, in Mecca, among those who are following the Milla of Ibrahim, السلام, he was heard, and the Prophet reported, when he used to stand around the Kaaba, before he make a sujood, okay, to the Kaaba, he used to say, لَبَّيْكَ حَقًّا حَقًّا My Lord, here I am, for you are true, true. تَعَبُّدًا وَرِقًّا I am here, Worshipping you, putting myself as a servant for you. Ibrahim. I am seeking refuge in you with that which Ibrahim has seek refuge through. I am always going to be turning to you. Whatever come over me, whatever difficulties I go through, for inni jashimun, for indeed I am going to be able to carry, I'm going to be tolerant to carry the message. I'm not going to move away from it. Okay? This is what he used to say. Ta'abudan And then he will prostrate. Now this is the words of somebody who's purely worshipping the one. And Rasulullah is telling them this, most, most of the stories, Aisha anha, in the early days before the Risala, or before the Quran was revealed to Muhammad Rasulullah was telling Aisha, and Aisha was recording it, and in Bukhari, okay, in the book of Before the Da'wah, you'll find a lot of hadith mentioning this thing if you are going to refer to it. Now, this is to do with Salah. When it comes to Psalm, or fasting, Allah said in the Quran, and we all know, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون أو you who believe indeed fasting has been prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you. So from here we know there are people before us who used to fast. And Aisha رضي الله تعالى عنها also is reported to have said, okay, and Aisha أن قريشا 
كانوا يصومون يوم عاشوراء في الجاهلية وأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يصومه أيضا يوم تجديد أستار الكعبة رواه البخاري لسيدن بخاري عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها is reported that the Quraysh or the tribe of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم they used to fast in the time of Jahiliya and they were known for fasting the 10th of Muharram it was the day for them to change the astar of the Kaaba the covering of the Kaaba if you notice now the Kaaba is clothing is changed twice it is changed in this month of Muharram okay and now sometimes they do it in Hajj on the 9th on Arafah day okay and then it is changed okay just before or after Ramadan now this is done because it is the tradition the Kaaba must be covered okay today the covering is different than before but it's always been the same idea of covering the Kaaba as the Sunnah states when we come to Hajj Allah said in the Quran to Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam وَأَذِّمْ فِي الْحَجِّ يَأْتُوكَ رِجَالًا وَأَذِّمْ فِي الْحَجِّ يَأْتُوكَ رِجَالًا وَعَلَى كُلِّ ضَامِرٍ يَأْتِينَ مِنْ كُلِّ فَجٍ عَمِيقٍ and O Ibrahim call upon people to come to Hajj some will come walking, some will come riding, and they will come from all corners of the earth. So Hajj was initiated by Sayyidina Ibrahim salam. And through the time, the rituals of Hajj, some were missed, some were kept. So the Jahiliya people used to come and do Hajj. But the Quraysh people used to come and do Hajj according to their own way by giving homage to the idols rather than to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Quran if you read, there are a lot of verses to show the way that they used to do these things. Okay? Now, Rasulullah Sallallahu used to do these things, but according to the way of the good people who are following the Hanifiyyah. Allah was inspiring him to know exactly what to keep away from. He was never seen worshipping an idol. He was never seen turning to an idol. He was never seen doing anything. Just like the people I mentioned, okay, like Waraq ibn Nawfal, they were away. Everybody knows they are different. So everybody was known. These are the Jews, these are the Christians, these are the people who are following Ibrahim path, and these are the Mushriks. But the majority of the people of Quraysh were following the path of Shirk because they were responsible, okay, for the Kaaba at that time, and they were doing those things. Now, he began to feel sad for the people. He used to question himself openly in front of Khadija. How come they tend to a statue? How come they tend to a rock? How come they tend to a tree and cut it and bring an idol, put it in the Kaaba and then worship it? And Khadija was herself following that way. She used to say to him, just we leave them alone. God will guide them. Just you leave them alone. And subhanallah, when it became too hard for him to see this, because he started speaking openly, and Khadija was worried for him to be in troubles, so he used to go out. He walks in the mountains. And he spent days sometimes. In fact, Khadija says sometimes he will carry a lot of food, he will be sitting in the mountain, and a lot of the travelers will come by, he will call them and feed them and look after them, and they go. That's it, subhanAllah, by nature. And he was in his late 30s by that time. Okay? When he became the prophet, he reported something very interesting. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, okay, when I was unable to stay around the idol worshippers and the idols in Mecca, and I used to go out, 
it became the most important thing. Define the mailat when you read Going out okay, of the city or the town, Mecca, to the country was most loved by him. Allah made him love it. Okay? Whenever he passed through any stone or a rock or a tree, all it will say assalamu alaikum. And he will turn around and look. And there is nobody. But he will hear something, somebody, Salamu alaikum ya Muhammad, Assalamu alaikum ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now he reported himself in a hadith, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu inni la a'rifu hajara bi makka kana yusallimu alayya qabla an ub'ath. Indeed, I did not know a certain rock or a stone in Mecca that used to say salam to me. I didn't know about this stone anything. Okay? Inni la a'rifuhu al-an. However, now I know him. Subhanallah, before the bi'sa, the stone will say salam alaykum ya Rasulullah. Every time he passes by, salam alaykum ya Rasulullah, he will turn around, there's nothing but that stone there. And he just walks. If it is happening to me, I think I'm going crazy. You're going mad. What's happening to you? Then he will just walk. He doesn't bother himself. But subhanallah, when this was happening to him regularly, he's just, it became normal. Everywhere he goes, the stones, the rocks, the trees, the plants will do these things to him. But then he said, now I know. Each one of them. Okay? وَكَانَ صَلَى اللَّهُ يَخْلُو غَالِبًا بِغَارِ يتعبد ويدعو على الطريق الإبراهيمية الحنيفية والفطرة السليمة المنيبة إلى الله هذا عائشة عائشة رضي الله تعالى سيد كان رسول الله وسلم يخلو غالبا بغار حراء هي صلى الله عليه وسلم regularly he used to go or most of the time into the cave of حراء and he will spend there many days and night what he was he doing inviting himself to be closer to Allah through Ibrahim alayhi salam way, the pure way, okay, of worshipping the only one God, okay, that which is in the heart and mind of every individual born human being. Everybody is born al fitrah, mean he's born upon the religion of God, to believe in him subhanahu wa ta'ala, because Allah literally questioned all of us as a spirit and said, Alastu bi rabbikum, aren't I your Lord? What did we say? Bala. Qalu, bala. They said, of course, we are your servant and you are our Lord. And this is what Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu is reported about Aisha that he used to believe in before the Wahid. Now, Ramadan was a time for him to go out and he spent the whole month. Subhanallah. He used to go all Ramadan in the cave. He used to like to spend longer time. But he used to choose Ramadan alayhi wa salam and spend the whole month until sometimes Khadija used to get worried and he will, she will send somebody to look for him what happened to him in the cave and subhanallah on 17 Ramadan okay and that it was 6th of August according to the people who investigated the date properly 610 he sallallahu alayhi wa was sitting in the cave not asleep not feeling tired he was awake pondering and thinking and suddenly the cave just shined and filled with light he described this وسلم, that there is not one single crack like a hair 
okay, with crack. On that cave, only he have seen it. And the light began to increase and increase and increase until he said, I could see the heavens as if Allah opened the mountain for him to see up there and he could see beneath. So the light was opening the cave to a position whereby he could see everything because that is the spirit. And then the light became, okay, a creature stood in front of him and he said, وسلم, I felt so frightened and I never get frightened from anything. And suddenly, while he's looking at this creature, the creature says to him, Iqra, read. What his answer was, I'm not one who can read. I have never learned how to read. I was never taught how to read. Allah describes Sayyidina Muhammad in the Quran, al-Ummi, the illiterate prophet. Now, there is some people, there is some people who think if you are illiterate, that means you are ignorant. Astaghfirullah al-Azim. If from today, after I tell you this, you think a person who cannot read or write is ignorant, you are ignorant. Because you can never claim that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Madinatul Ilm, the city of knowledge is ignorant. The most knowledgeable man to walk on this earth is Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Writing and reading can only extend your learning. But by the way, learning is not only by reading and writing. And by the way, to learn, you don't need a teacher. You don't need a teacher. And a teacher, by the way, does not need to be trained. Now, in the Western world, through the modern way of training people in colleges, universities, two things are always said. In order for you to learn, you need to go to school. Number one. Number two, in order for you to teach, you must be trained. And I always, whenever I do my training to teachers, I say, I don't believe in that. I believe you could be taught without a teacher. And I believe a real teacher is born, not trained. In fact, in the first day of my teacher training course in university, and everybody was sitting there, the fairest person who walked in and said, ah, can you tell me please, how a teacher is brought into existence? How do you think a teacher, okay, will be brought to a position of teaching? I put my hand up, nobody was putting his hand up. And the, the guy asked me, what is your answer? I said, he is born. And everybody looked at me, what do you mean? I said to him, a teacher is born a teacher. He wants me to say he is trained, because they are going to train us. But I am answering from the point of view that the best teachers are the prophets. I ask you the question, which prophet went to a college or university or a school? Which of them have qualifications, a degree, a master's degree, a PhD? Which of them are the professor? Although one of them, the smallest prophet, could take all the learned men of the world and put them in his pocket. Because they are the highest in knowledge. A prophet literally means one who is being taught that which mankind know not of. A prophet is somebody who is informed, who is taught. But who teaches the prophet? Allah Almighty God. By inspiration. Okay? That's the way you should think about it. Without that inspiration, there is no way. Okay? That inspiration comes to the heart of the prophet to be learned. And sometimes through a messenger. 
like Jibreel alayhi salam. And sometimes through another prophet or messenger in the time, like Sayyidina Shu'aib teaching Sayyidina Musa, or Sayyidina Isa teaching Sayyidina Yahya alayhi salam, and so on. Sayyidina Ibrahim teaching Sayyidina Lut. Okay? That's the way it is. But Allah can teach you without that. All of you. Allah said in the Quran, Do fear Allah and automatically Allah will teach you. If you fear Allah, knowledge will come to you. How do you, the Mufassirin get the external knowledge? How do the inventors get ideas? Who, these people who invented the electricity. From where they got the knowledge? They didn't go to school to invent electricity. Any inventor is inspired. Allah said in the Quran, Indeed we have inspired the bee. Indeed we have inspired the bee. When you look at the bee and the complex structure of building its hive, believe me, subhanAllah, they didn't have a meeting and they have architects and designing and plans and project manager, QS and all this rubbish we have today and meetings and this and that to build the building. The bees just build the building. Forget about the bees. Look at the ants. Go to Africa. In the middle, you see those huge towers. Seriously. If we can build towers today, the ants have been building towers from the beginning. And the ants, okay, they worship Allah and they believe in Allah. The Quran speaks about that. When Sayyidina Sulaiman was hearing them speaking. Yeah? The ants. So we need to be very careful when we think about knowledge and learning knowledge. Okay? Now, when Sayyidina Muhammad was told, Iqra, qala ma ana biqari. He said, I'm not one who can read. What happened then? Did the creature who came to see him said to him, Okay, say this? No, no, no. He just embraced him. Fadammahu. Okay? Dammahu meaning he embraced him very hard. Or faqattahu in another riwayah. The same thing, embraced him hard. And then until he let him go. The Prophet ﷺ said, when he let go of me, I was so tired. But I thought he put something into me. What did he put inside? The Quran. And then he let him. Then he said to him, اقرأ. قال ما أنا بقاري. Read. I will not be able to read. فقطه ثانية. Second time, he embraced him hard. Then he let him go. Rasulullah ﷺ says, it was harder than the first time and I felt absolutely tired. I couldn't even stand on my feet properly. My body was shivering. And then, Iqra, for the third time, قَالَ مَا أَنَا بِقَارِ And this time, he embraced him until he felt faint. And then he let him go. And then he recited for him, Iqra بِسْمِ رَبِّكَ الَّذِي خَلَقْ خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ عَلَقْ Iqra وَرَبُّكَ الْأَكْرَمْ now from here, you could know that Allah is the teacher. The ultimate teacher is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Read in the name of your Lord. The one who created. The one who created man from a clot of blood. The one who created man and taught him that which he knows not. Allah created us and taught us that which we have no knowledge of. With what? With the pen. With the pen. Okay? So, in order for us to preserve knowledge, we need to write it. Because not everybody can memorize the knowledge. Some of us can't, but writing it is to preserve it for people who can come. This is the way it is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended it. Then, 
سبحان الله سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم looked around and the light was fading and this creature just left he went out and he said he looked up and he could hear a sound when he looked up to the sound it was the same creature but in a huge shape and later on he learned it is Jibreel السلام, and he has 600 wings he said wherever I tend to look he was covering just like the cloud covering the heavens and he was saying to him Ya Muhammad innaka Rasulullah oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam indeed you are the messenger of Allah he said I was shaken I was frightened and he rushed to Khadija the moment he entered she was looking for him because he was missing for days what's wrong with you what happened to you oh Muhammad and he was looking pale the only thing he was saying to her cover me cover me subhanallah she went in she brought all the covering she can the more she covered him he was still shivering she put him in her laps just like Khadija like Aisha when he was dying as well so his head was in and she was covering him once he became a little bit better she told him explain to me this is not you O Muhammad what happened to you indeed you are a good man you are a trustworthy human being you are a truthful honest person what happened tell me she was thinking maybe somebody upset him then when he related to her the story of what he has seen and something is wrong and that he hears things and he sees things she said to him what you say to me is only that which I hear from the good people used to happen to the prophets of the past what I'm listening now is something to be proud of and I think you are into something good O Muhammad he was not really taking it in but because Allah allowed her to marry him to look after him and support him so that he can be independent in going and looking for the truth to bring it to mankind plus that she will be comforting to him not saying to him oh look at what you are doing you are claiming things go away be like another man and go and get yourself a job and work and look after your family it's what usually we do as husband and wife we just we quarrel about this thing but she didn't say such a thing she said no listen to what she said to him kalla wallahi no by allah almighty god ma yukhdhika allah abada allah will never let you down oh muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam for indeed you are always looking for your next of kin and especially those who are unable to look after themselves and you look after them and this is a sign of generosity in a human being and you go out and you bring whatever you need for the people who need it and carry it on your shoulder and the people who are in need or cut off you will always try to find means of helping them and giving them and you are always welcoming to your guest feeding them with whatever you have and you are always supporting people who are passing through difficulties always he sallallahu alayhi wasallam this is also you find this in bukhari now subhanallah imagine this this is a young man okay who's married with children going to the mountain and coming and doing all these meditations and coming with this story and his wife rather than saying to him i think you are going crazy or i think something is wrong with you or she's trying to say to him get out of what you have 
she was comforting him, supporting him, because she knows he will not speak but the truth. What he's feeling, what he's going through, is the reality that she was looking for herself and she wanted to know, but not all of us can get into that. This can tell us only one thing, that Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha herself is one of those people who had the fitrah. Her heart was pure. She was not worshipping the idols. Okay, Otherwise she would say to him, look, let us go to the idols and see what they will say. No, she didn't say that. Okay, Straight away, she left him and she went to Ibn Ammiha, okay, son of her uncle, Waraq ibn Nawfal. And she related to him what has happened. And she came back, she told him that we need to go and see him. Sayyidina Muhammad went with her, they went to the house, they sat down with him, okay, talking. What did Waraqa say? After hearing Sayyidina Muhammad relating to him the story, وَالَّذِي نَفْسِ بِيَدِهِ By the one who hold my soul in his hand, the Almighty Allah. إِنَّكَ لَنَبِيُّ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ Indeed, you are the prophet of this nation. وَلَغَدْ جَاءَكَ النَّامُوسُ الْأَكْبَرِ He has come to you, the greatest creature of Allah. الَّذِي جَاءَ مُوسَى The one who has come to Musa عليه السلام. وَأَنَّ قَوْمَكَ سَيُكَذِّبُوكَ And indeed, your people will deny you. وَيُؤْذُونَكَ and they will harm you. وَيُخْرُجُونَكَ and they will get you out of the city. وَيُقَاتِلُونَكَ and they will fight you. Rasulullah never had a problem from childhood. Not with a relative, not with a neighbor, not with somebody he worked with, not with anybody, young or old. He was always smiling, he was always greeting, he was always generous, helpful, kind. He is somebody whom everybody loved. And for that, he was known as the truthful and the honest, Sadiq al-Amin. So, for a minute, he felt, my people will deny me, fight me, for what? And get me out of Mecca? What am I going to do to them? So he, sallallahu alayhi wa with a surprised okay, face, turned to Waraka and says, قَالَ sallallahu alayhi wa Okay? لِحْتِرَامْ قَوْمِهِ لَهُ أَوْ مُخْرِجِيَهُمْ Because of the respect of his people, he said, are they really going to get me out of Mecca? Waraq ibn Nawfal then turned to him and said to him, Naam, yes, indeed, they will get you out. لَمْ يَعْطِ رَجُلٌ قَطْ بِمِثْلِ مَا جِئْتَ بِهِ إِلَّا عَادَهُ النَّاسِ No man ever before you brought such a news, only mankind became his enemies. وَحَارَبُوهُ And they will fight him. However, وَإِنْ أَدْرَكْتَ ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ If I, Waraqa, is living to that day when people will try to get you out of Mecca and try to fight you. وَطَالَتْ بِيَ الْحَيَاءَ And Allah allowed me to live longer. نَصَرْتُكَ نَصْرًا قَوِيًّا I will be standing by you, supporting you with all my strength and that which Allah has bestowed upon me. Now this is something that you can think about. Now, he وسلم, then returned to the house and he began to return to the cave to see if this creature will come back again to him. He will go and wonder and look and for a while nothing. Nothing has happened. 
until one day when he went in and he came out and he could hear from the heaven again a sound you are indeed the messenger of Allah you are indeed the messenger of Allah you are indeed the messenger of Allah and he could see Jibreel so he went back and he felt content but before he left the position when he heard the sound subhanallah he said he was just like in the same position in the cave when he saw him first so he says from the sound and from the aura of what he was seeing covering the horizon he fell into his knees and he felt that the support is there for him the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is close to him alayhi afdal salatu wassalam okay now Allah says in the Quran a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim وَكَذَلِكَ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ رُوحًا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam We have brought unto you an inspiration from our commandments مَا كُنْتَ تَدْرِيمَ الْكِتَابِ وَلَا الْإِيمَانِ You have no understanding or knowledge of what is a book nor what is faith وَلَكِنْ جَعَلْنَاهُ نُورًا نَهْدِي بِهِ مَنْ نَشَّاءُ We have made it a light through which we will guide whomever whom we wish. Min ibadina, from our servants. Wa innaka latahdi ila sirati mustaqim. And indeed, O you Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you will be able to guide to the straight path. Sirat Allah alladhi lahuma fi samawati wa fil ard. The path of Allah to whom everything in the dominion of the heaven and the earth belong to him. Ala ila Allahi tasirul umur. Indeed, for Allah, all affairs will be returned. This is a very important part of the Quran. Now Allah talking about inspiration. Now Sayyidina Muhammad in the cave, he was inspired by Jibreel putting into his heart the Quran. But before he came to the cave and the Quran came to him, he was inspired to keep away from the shirk and the mushrikeen by Allah inspiring him directly in his heart these are wrong things. Keep away from them. Many times, even us, there are certain things by nature you don't like. And when you look at them in the book, they're haram. SubhanAllah. By nature. You don't know whether it's haram or halal, but you don't like it. So that means Allah is inspiring you to keep away from. Some people by nature, they see anything and they just like. That means there is no guidance in the heart. There's no light. Because they fall in anything, okay? Whether it's good or bad, okay? So, inspirations is something that you need to understand. What is inspiration? Because we are inspired, all of us. If Allah inspired the bee, the humans are higher than the bee. I am inspired, you are inspired. But do we understand the inspiration that we receive? So we need to think of that. Allah said in the Quran, وَمَا كَانَ لِبَشَرٍ أَنْ يُكَلِّمُهُ اللَّهِ A human being Allah will never speak to them direct so that they can see Allah through their eyes. These physical eyes will never see Allah. However, illa wahyan, only through inspiration. Aw min hijab, or Allah can speak to them from behind the veil. Aw yursul rasulan, or Allah will send the messenger, like Jibreel alayhi salam, 
through his permission, then you can receive his message. Whatever Allah wishes for you, you will receive for Allah is the most high, most wise. So here, we need to understand this word wahi. What is wahi? Al-ulama, or the scholars say, I'lamun min Allahi khafi. I'lamun min Allahi khafi. Al-wahi, I'lamun min Allahi khafi. Meaning, inspiration is knowledge brought into you by Allah Almighty God. That is hidden within you. Whether you know it or not, it is there. Just like what is already been programmed into your mind, Allah said, Alam Najallahu Ainain, didn't we give that son of Adam two eyes? Walisan and Washafatain and a tongue and two lips, Wuhadainahu Najdain. And we have programmed into him right and wrong. So they know right and wrong. All of us know what is right and wrong. So that is being programmed. So this inspiration which is within you that Allah puts so that you can understand comes in five different ways. Number one, okay? Ru'ya sadiqa jaliya kafalaghi subh A clear dream, very vivid, you see it as if you are awake and it happens exactly as you saw it in real life. A clear dream that you see once you wake up, you don't distinguish between whether you are asleep or awake. And subhanallah, in your real life, while you are awake, that dreams takes place in reality. Okay? And last week I told you about the story of my friend, okay, who was sitting in his room. He was telling me, Rahmatullah, he died. He said, I'm sitting in my room, worshipping, meditating. And while I'm meditating, I could see a dream in front of me. And I could see my brother coming from the next room knocking at my door where I'm sitting and he will open to come in and I will turn my hand to look at him and he will say, our mother just passed away. He said, while I'm seeing this end of the dream, the door knocked, I turned, my brother was coming in, I said, our mother passed away, come to the next room. This is what you call a vivid, clear dream happening exactly as Rasulullah said in the hadith that this is the, what used to happen to me. Number two, the inspiration from the angel to your heart. Like what Jibreel did to Sayyidina Muhammad when he embraced him. It will not happen to us like that because we will not be able to carry it. The prophets are strong. But it can come to us in our dreams as well. So the angels can put this. Or while we are moving about without them appearing to us, the reality can be put. Okay? This is called Lammatul Malak, or the inspiration of the angel. And then, the angel coming to you in the shape of a man. Like Sayyidina Muhammad many times, Jibril will come to him looking like a normal man. And nobody will know. And the most famous time in the hadith of Jibril, which is very famous, Mal Islam, Mal Iman, Mal Ihsan. What is Islam, what is Iman, what is Ihsan? And he came dressed in pure, clean, white clothes. And came inside and sat his knees touching his knees. Okay, that is where the message can come through in that way. Number four, the angel will come in a way whereby he will bring too much sound, just like the sound of when you are throwing steel one over the other. It's very noisy. 
imagine bringing metal steel and throwing it over one another, it makes sound kasalsal. Just like heavy bells being rang, but not just like the bell we hear, because this sound is more easy to hear. But that is too bad. When it used to come to Prophet even if it is so cold, he will be sweating. And that is very, very important. Okay? Very, very important. Subhanallah, when it used to come to him like this, he used to cover himself. He will be sitting like this. When I was young and I was learning this, I used to think about it. And I wanted to hear this sound. And I wanted to, to see how it happens. And every time I was just thinking, I was thinking about it. Once we were doing a maulid, after we did the dars about sira, I can't remember, 14, 15 years old. And I went back home, I did my dhikr, I just slept. And subhanallah, I saw myself in the old city of Mecca. And the Prophet وسلم, was sitting in one of his rooms. And the room with mud rooms. And he's sitting there, and suddenly he was covering himself. And I just stood looking from far away, and I could hear this sound. Shh. And then I said to myself, what is this? And I could hear a sound saying to me, this is Jibreel reciting the Quran to Muhammad I didn't hear anything. I could just hear sound. Okay? Very, very strange sound. Okay? And the Prophet just was covered. And subhanAllah, this is why Allah addresses him in the Quran, Ya ayyuhal muzammil. O you who is covered with his garment. Okay? Ya ayyuhal muzammil. Ya ayyuhal mudathir. The same thing. O you who is covered with his garment. So this is a fourth way of receiving inspiration that comes direct from the angel, but through sound that will install it in your heart. And number five, okay, to see the angels in his real form. And this is the hardest. Because to see, you know, when the prophet said, I heard the sound, I looked at Jibreel, he said, I was shaken. I, was, I fell to my knees. Because they are powerful, the angels. And Rasulullah when he went to Mi'raj, he was describing all those angels he saw. And they are amazing creatures of God. And their real form is not easy for every man to see. And the last one is to be able to speak to Allah direct. And this happened to Sayyidina Muhammad when he went in Mi'raj ila Sidrat al-Muntaha. And beyond, when he reached a place whereby nobody else could reach, and he spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this position, I would like to remind myself and remind you, never put yourself lower than what Allah has honored you with. You are a human being. You are a child of Adam, a son or daughter. Bani Adam, children of Adam. Allah said in the Quran, Indeed, we have honored the children of Adam. And the honoring of Allah to us is through the spirit within that through which we can receive inspirations. That's through which we can see that which is unseen. Hear that which cannot be heard by these ears. Okay? And therefore, we need to make sure that we respect that within us and do the right thing so that Allah can do the best for us. Now, <coughs> Rasulullah started spending his time keeping himself to himself and not doing anything to alert anybody. Khadija knew his case and she was supportive to him, giving whatever comfort she can give to him and always reminding him, Oh Muhammad, you are on the path of truth. And subhanallah, on the other side, Waraqa knew and he trusted him, but he kept quiet. He didn't do anything, okay? Until a time came, and then subhanallah, subhanallah, Quraysh had a terrible year. 
okay a drought here jazakumullah khair everything okay was terrible there is not enough food for people to eat and the life became very very difficult rasulullah sallam looked at his uncle abu talib who looked after him cared for him after his grandfather died and felt so sad for him because abu talib was known to have many children but he was one of the poorer okay uncle of rasulullah so immediately rasulullah went to jazakallah khair ali ibn abi talib and said to him not to ali to al abbas ibn abdul muttalib his uncle he said to him my uncle o abbas i'm looking at the situation and the state of the people of makkah and i feel sorry for everybody but especially for my uncle abu talib he was the father figure to him for me he looked after me cared for me he's carrying a huge load of looking after his family shall we go and visit him and see what can we do to help him so they went to him and they sat before him okay now rasulullah sallam said to him oh uncle you cared for me like a father to a son you gave me all that which i need to be the man i am today before you however i am coming with my uncle al abbas your brother requesting what can we do to make it easier for you and what help can we offer he used to have one son whom he used to love very very much called uqail a brother for ali ibn abi talib and there is ja'far as well he loved uqail so much he said if i only just have uqail with me the rest of the thing they have and the family you can do whatever you want to do with them so rasulullah sam said i said to him i will keep ali with me and al-abbas said to him i will take ja'far with me and all the family took the children to look after them and they just only left uqail with him from that day ali ibn abi talib became like the son of rasulullah sallam he was young okay less than 10 years old okay so he was looking after him and doing whatever he can do for him while ali ibn abi talib was living with the prophet sallam and khadija he came to the room from his room where he stayed and he saw the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and khadija they were doing a prayer he had never seen before he was standing in the front and she was standing in the back now that tells me he was knowing now exactly how to do the salah ibrahim alayhi salam used to do so once they were able to see him ali ibn abi talib asked the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam okay ma hadha ya rasulullah okay what is this o muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he says dunullah alladhi ba'athani bihi thumma qala ad'uka an takfur billah wal 'uzza wa ad'uka lil iman billah wahdah wa anni rasulullah ali ibn abi talib in a surprised way questioned the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to him what is this you are doing with khadija rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to him 
This is the religion of God. The one who has brought me, okay, and asked me to teach this. And I'm inviting you, O Ali, to deny Allah Wal-Uzza, because these are the two gods Quraysh used to worship. To deny Allah Wal-Uzza, and I will invite you to believe in Allah Wahdah, alone, no partners to him, and that I am the messenger of Allah. Ali ibn Abi Talib then said to the Prophet هذا أمر لم أسمع به أمهلني حتى أشاور أبي This is something that I have never heard of before He's young This is something that I have never heard of before Give me just a little bit of a time Until I go and consult my dad He wanted to go and ask his dad What is this? He's inviting me to worship this God Okay? I don't know anything about what you're talking about Okay? The Prophet When he saw Ali Going away, he called him back. And he said to him these words, okay? Ya Ali, إِذَا لَمْ تُؤْمِنْ O Ali, if you do not believe in what I told you, فَكْتُمْ هَذَا الْأَمْرِ Keep this silent to yourself. Keep it secret. Don't tell anybody. Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu went into his room and slept thinking, pondering. The mind of the human being is always strange because it goes all over the place. He was thinking and asking himself. He asked me not to believe in Allah wal Uzza. Allah wal Uzza are two gods made by us in the Kaaba. My people worship them. But do they do anything to us? We made them. And then the questioning began to go deeper, asking himself in that age. Is it really good to do this? If we made them, then who made us? And all those questions. And then in the morning, he woke up and straight away came to Rasulullah. 10 years old. He says, Ibn Ammi, oh son of my uncle, I have heard you and I am coming now. To accept what you said. That means I deny Allah wal Uzza and I accept Allah alone to be my Lord and you are his messenger. Saying La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now subhanallah the Prophet looked at him and he described the way he looked at me as the look of somebody who loved somebody from his heart and cared for him. Really he said he gave me such a look I could see that it's not coming just from his face, the smile, or the joy that I could see, but it's from here. It's different when it comes, you see, from the mouth, the words, or suddenly the face expression. But when it comes from the heart, you could see the whole body, okay, behaving in a different way. Now, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Khadija had a slave called Zayd ibn Haritha. And Zayd ibn Haritha, subhanallah, was somebody who was raqiq, gentle and kind and very, very good man. And he was young. And the Prophet liked him very much. He wanted his company and to keep with him. Just like Maisar when he used to travel with. Because he loved the poor people, the oppressed people, and he always kept them close to him and respect them. 
So he said to Khadija, wouldn't you gift me this young man? I want him to be with me. So Khadija said to him, keep him with you. So the moment he said to him, take him, he said to her, he's now mine. He said to him, now you are free. You are not a slave anymore. You're going to stay with me. And because he was young, he said to him, I would like you to stay with me and listen to what I'm going to teach you. So the Prophet was t- telling him and teaching him. So, subhanAllah, he was absolutely mesmerized by the word of the Prophet and what he is saying and the equality and the respect for everybody and that we are all from Adam and Adam from Turab. And so, subhanAllah, straight away, he accepted Islam. He became a Muslim. And it is reported that his father came. When his father came to take him, because he's free now, and his father was a free man, his father said to him, come with me. And he was not adhering to that. So the Prophet said to him, look, your father is here, you are free to go with him if you want, and you are free to stay with me if you want. So he chose to stay with Muhammad Sallallahu And because of what he chose, his father went and very upset to him. And he, you made the wrong choice, blah, blah. Muhammad Sallallahu said to him, look, maybe you lost a blood father, but I will be your father. And therefore, people started calling him Osama ibn Muhammad. And the Quran later was revealed that any child that you take who is not your blood, you cannot give them your name. Okay? For inheritance reason. Okay? Allah said, call them by their father's name. So Usama became the third, or Zayd ibn Haritha became the third okay, person to become Muslim. Khadija was the first because she accepted him immediately and supported him. And then, subhanallah, Ali ibn Abi Talib, the little young boy, and then Zayd ibn Haritha, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Now, one day, Ali ibn Abi Talib and the Prophet went to the mountain by themselves because the Prophet used to travel a lot to the mountain. And Ali was, from that time, accompanying him. And suddenly the time came for them to pray. They got up to pray. And they were praying and Abu Talib came. And Abu Talib was a wise elder, somebody who is respected in his tribe. He's a leader of his people. So subhanAllah, when they stopped and they turned and they greeted him, he said to Rasulullah Ibn Akhi, O son of my brother, what is this that I see you doing? Our Prophet, peace be upon him, said, This is the religion of Allah and the religion of our father Ibrahim. Then he says, You are the most deserved among all the people that I can give this message to. Nobody else can be for you because I consider you the most important to me. Okay? Ana Abdullah wa Rasuluh. I am the servant of God and his messenger. Ad'uka ila al-huda. I invite you to guidance. Anta ahaq man yujibani ila Allah Ta'ala. You are the most who can support me and help me by accepting Allah. And you are the most important to me to support me in my strive to convey this message to the people. Now then, Abu Talib 
while he's listening, he says, إِنِّي لَا أَسَطِيُّ عَنُ فَارِغْ دِنَا أَبَائِي Oh, son of my brother, I will not be able to leave the religion of my fathers. Whatever I inherited from them, I'm going to keep. Okay? Then he turned to Ali ibn Abi Talib and said, this is Abi Talib himself, to his son, Ali, وأنت, what are you going to do? And then Ali ibn Abi Talib said to his father, Ya Abati, oh my father, Amantu billah wa rasooli, I believe in Allah and his messenger. Saddaqtu ima jaa bihi wa attabahtu. I believed and trusted in what he brought and I am following him. His father then said to him, أَمَا إِنَّهُ لَمْ يَدْعُكَ إِلَّا إِلَى خَيْرٍ فَلْزَمْهُ Indeed, he had never invited you to anything but good. Keep with him. Keep with him. Look, if he is not a good man, he will not tell his son that. He did not fight him. Not him. I'm guiding my son. I want him to come. No, he said, keep with him. Because he trusted Muhammad Now, Glory be to the one who have made Abu Talib to speak the truth at that time to his son. Okay? Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Now, one day the Prophet with Khadija and Ali by themselves and nobody knows about this. It was a hidden thing. They came to the Kaaba and the Kaaba was open and the Prophet was praying and beside him a little bit back Khadija and Ali, the little boy, whenever the Prophet was bowing, they were bowing, whenever he was prostrating, they were were doing it together. Nothing like this was done in Mecca. A businessman who came to visit, okay, and he entered Mecca and sat down next to one of the uncles of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, okay, Al-Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib. He turned to him and said to him, Ya Abbas, what are these people doing? He didn't know who they are. He said to him, what are you meaning? He said, that man and that woman and that child, they are doing something strange, never seen to be done in our holy place. Who are they? Why are they doing this? He says, Amadak, that man you're talking about, he's my nephew, Muhammad. And the woman you are pointing at is his wife, Khadija. And the little boy is my other nephew, Ali. And he, meaning Sayyidina Muhammad Sallam, is claiming that he is the prophet of the time sent by Allah to the people. Now this time, the news began to go about. People start whispering. And you know people straight away, they see things, they start whispering what's going on, what's happening. The strange Okay, either it's liked, people want to know more, curiosity, or disliked because it's going to bring change to the people. Okay, now there is a a slave woman, young woman, okay, to a man called Hakim ibn Hizam, and he is a relative of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. This man was sitting with Abu Bakr Siddiq. Okay. While he's sitting, Hakim was sitting with Bukhar Sadiq, this jariya or this slave woman came to him and said to him, 
إن عمتك خديجة تزعم أن زوجها نبي مرسل والنبي الرسول. So this, this woman okay, came to her master and Abu Sadiq was sitting and she said to him, you know, your cousin Khadija is claiming that her husband Muhammad is a prophet and a messenger. Abu Sadiq was very close to Prophet In fact, they were very, very close more than anybody else. Whenever he's in Mecca, whenever sometimes they are sitting together, they will eat together, they will visit. But when Muhammad is in the mountain, he just allowed him to go to the mountain. Abu Sadiq himself was somebody who was always doing his own things and busy with his business. Okay? Straight away left, asked permission to leave and went to the house of Rasulullah And he entered and he said, Ya Abu Al-Qasim, man ladhi balagani ank? Oh Abu Al-Qasim, what is that? That I was informed about regarding you. The first time said to him, said to him oh, man ladhi balagaka anni? What have you heard about me? What is being reported of me? He said, I have heard that you are inviting people to the unity of God and that you are his messenger. This is what I have heard. You call people to Tawheed and that you are the messenger of God. And then Rasulullah said to him, Naam, of course, I am. Inni Rasulullah ilaykum. I am the messenger of Allah to all of you. Abu Sadiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu then said Wallahi ma jarrabtu alayka kathiban qat Wallahi ma jarrabtu alayka kathiban qat By Allah Almighty God I had never seen you to lie in any position or at any moment of time That means what you tell me the truth straight away okay and then he took shahada and became Muslim Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, when she heard him taking the shahad and becoming a Muslim, she rushed out of her room to him straight away because she felt glad the closest person to him is a Muslim now. She said, Alhamdulillah ya Abu Bakr, alladhi hadaka lihadaddeen. Praise be to Allah, O Abu Bakr, the one who has guided you to this religion. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, okay, said in a hadith, inna allaha ba'athani ilaykum, this is addressing all the companions later on. Indeed, Allah has brought me to all of you. فَقُلْتُمْ كَذَبْتُ You all said to me, you are lying. وَقَالَ أَبُوْ صَدَقْتُ And Abu Bakr Sadiq said, you have told the truth. وَوَاسَانِي بِنَفْسِهِ وَمَالِهِ And he has always helped me by himself or with himself and his wealth. Now, subhanallah, in this journey, if you look at Abu Bakr Sadiq and the closeness, he is the one who was taking the beating because of Rasulullah. He was beaten and bleeding many times. He is the one who was in the cave with Rasulullah. He is the one who was giving Rasulullah the people who can support him and help him. He was giving the money. Anything the Prophet wanted, he was giving. At that time, the news began to spread little by little and main people from the Quraysh and the tribes, noblemen, began to come to Islam. Like Uthman ibn Affan, Talha, Zubair, 
Okay, next week, inshallah, when we come, we're going to talk about it. And then the commandment of the da'wah, okay, to be open. After going into a place whereby they were secretly coming and teaching. At this stage, it was all done in the house of Khadija, quietly. Only a few people. Rasulullah, Khadija, Ali ibn Abi Talib, Zayd ibn Haritha, Abu Bakr Sadiq. Five people. Okay. And within few months, it became about maybe 10, 12 people. But then they needed to move. And they went to Dar al-Arqam. When he took jihad and became Muslim. And inshallah, we can carry it from there. And then the battle they had in Mecca, and the trouble they went through, and the accusation they were receiving, and subhanallah, the punishment and the oppression of those who took shahada or wanting to know about Islam to the death of people like Yasir. Okay? Subhanallah. And that is a very sad time. And his wife, Sumayya. And then the hijrah to Abyssinia twice before the hijrah to Medina. So inshallah, that will be the journey to us. As I promised you last time, I will tell you about the ways to see Rasulullah I hope people tried to do last week what I told you to do. But another way of trying to see the Prophet وسلم, okay, in your dream, which is really important for people to take seriously. Okay? If you do that, and last time I told you Salah al-Ibrahimiyya, 100 times, and Yaseen, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, 114 times. Okay? Now, today, if Allah wills it, if people want to see the Prophet وسلم, in their dreams, okay, Allah can make it easy for you to see him if okay, you will do what the Prophet وسلم, has recommended. Okay? You recite before you go going to your bed. Allahumma salli wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Surah Al-Inshirah. Alam nashrah laka sadrak. Okay? Eleven times. And then after you finish, you recite, Allahumma arini, Allahumma arini, wajhi nabiyika, min fadlik. اللهم أرني وجه نبيك من فضلك. Three times. And then you go to bed. You can do this any night. You can do it every night. اللهم أرني وجه نبيك من فضلك. Okay? Just three times. But after you read Surah Al-Inshirah, 11 times. And inshallah, with the intention in your heart, with the eagerness of meeting him, صلى الله عليه وسلم, with the avoidance that which will deprive you from seeing him, there are many things that will deprive you from seeing his face. One of the things that will deprive you from seeing his face is those people who smoke, for example. They will not be able to. If you smoke, you shouldn't smoke because he doesn't like bad smells. وسلم, doesn't like it. He likes beautiful smell. So always keep, keep. That's why he used to carry perfumes. Always perfume. Okay, and when we put bakhur, when we put the flit, the fire, and put the bakhur to make the place smell nice. The smells of garlic, the smells of onion, the smells of sometimes the cooking that we have, and which goes into our clothes, it will make the malaika keep away from us. And the Prophet, whenever there is no malaika, he knows that. Yeah? 
if the malaika are there, he وسلم, is in the presence of the malaika. But if there is no malaika, that means there is shaitan. So he will not be with you. Okay? So keep this inshallah. And may Allah make it easy for all of you to be able to see him alayhi wa salatu wasalam. And may Allah allow you, inshallah, to be closest to him alayhi wa salatu wasalam. Anybody have a question before we finish? Yes, my brother? Allahumma arini wajh nabika min fadlik. Allahumma arini wajh nabika min fadlik. Uh, 11 times Surah Al-Inshirah Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Alam nashrah laka sadrak wa wada'na 'anka wizrak alladhi anqada dhahrak wa rafa'na laka dhikrak fa inna ma'al 'usr yusra inna ma'al 'usr yusra fa idha faraghta fansab wa ila rabbika farghab Allahumma arini wajh nabiyyika min fadlik Allahumma arini wajh nabiyyika min fadlik Allahumma arini wajh nabiyyika min fadlik after you read the surah 11 times you read this Surah Al-Inshirah is one of the best surahs in the Quran to open the heart of the human and to cleanse it for receiving the light. Okay? And they say, if anybody's life is difficult, if you find life difficult, and you are not able to make ends meet, every morning before you leave your home, read it ten times. Allah will open all doors for you, inshallah. This is the tradition we were taught. Yeah? Surah Al-Inshirah, ten times. Anybody with a question? Oh, very, very good question. Thank you. I, I should have talked about this. This is a very good question. The brother is asking when he was saying to him, Iqra, was the Quran already in the heart of Rasulullah? Subhanallah. The Quran is revealed, okay, in different stages. The first revelation of the Quran from Al Lawh Al Mahfuz, from the protected tablet, to Al Bayt Al Ma'mur, okay? to the house that inhabited by the malaika in the seventh heaven. When you read the story of Mi'raj, when Sayyidina Muhammad came to Ibrahim السلام, he was sitting on a throne, his back is against a house like the Kaaba. What is it? It's called Al-Bayt Al-Ma'mur. Al-Bayt Al-Ma'mur, that means the house that inhabited by the malaika. Every day, 70,000 angels will enter it and they never come out. And in that house, the Quran was brought down. Because that's the end of Jibreel. Jibreel cannot go to the Lohan Mahfuz. Okay? Now, Allah said in the Quran, Inna anzannahu fi mubaraka. We have revealed it in a blessed night. That is the first revelation. The second one, fi laylatil qadr. Inna anzannahu fi laylatil qadr. Min al al ma'mur. Okay? Ila qalb al-Nabi Muhammad. Inna anzannahu. Mean all of it. All the Quran was put into his heart. And then when he said to him, Iqra, that means read. From there on, when he used to come and bring him verses, he was to teach him. This is the third way. The third way, he was bringing to him the verses according to the need. You understand? When he was in Mecca, when he was in Medina. Quran was revealed in Mecca, Quran was revealed in Medina. Quran was revealed in summer or in winter. Quran was revealed while he is staying or while he is traveling. Okay? And the, if you read the Quran, knowledge is quite big. And in that, Subhanallah, the teaching was, if somebody stole, what to do? If people want to get married, what they should do? If relationship between family members is no good, what to do? So the Quran was revealed, okay, to teach. But it was already there. 
to just be a reminder for him. And therefore, when Jibreel used to come to him, and he was reciting for him, because he used to sit with him normally like this, sometimes, and he wanted to read with him. Allah commanded him in the Quran, لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجل به. O Muhammad Sallam, don't repeat it with your tongue. Okay? It is upon us to keep it in your heart and allowing you to recite it. Okay? So he, 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 he knew the Quran. Most than this, which is amazing to me, one day he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, asked Jibreel alayhi salam and said to him, Ya Jibreel, from where do you bring me this Quran? He says, Ya Rasulullah min al-bayt al-ma'mur. It is from the house. In the seventh-seven. And how do you receive it? He said, I go inside and there is a, a veil. And I hear somebody from behind the veil reciting it to me. And I just listen to it. And I bring it to you. And who is reciting behind the veil? He said, Allah wa rasuluhu a'la. Allah and his messenger are only aware of that. He said, it is me, Jibreel. <laughs> Spiritually. <laughs> Don't ponder about it. Don't ponder about it. Any more questions? Yes, my brother. Yes, of course. Oh, inspiration of inventing things, inspiration of being able to understand and appreciate things, inspiration of being guided to the truth, inspiration of being kept away from the wrong and evil. That, that is the nature. Huh? Okay. The inspiration that can happen to us today come in three ways. Some people say four, but three ways more likely. Initially from Allah to your heart. Yeah? Allah puts it in your heart. If you are aware of it and able to grasp it, alhamdulillah. If you missed it, then the angel remind you. If you missed it, okay, then your nafs try to grasp it. And if your nafs couldn't, because it's weak, then shaitan comes in. That's why a lot of people are misguided. You see? So things are there, but you need the inspiration for it. Everything requires everything requires inspiration. Without it, we can't do anything. Okay? We need to be inspired. We need to be given the way to go forward. If without that push, we are stuck. You see? Any more questions? Very good, very good. My brother Muhammad is saying, uh, one sheikh in Medina told them that if you want to draw yourself nearer or closer to Rasulullah every day after Maghrib, you recite the last two verses of Surah Tawbah. The last two verses of Surah Tawbah. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم لقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم عزيز عليه معنتم حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف الرحيم فإن تولوا فقل حزب الله لا إله إلا هو عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم. He has come to you from the most dearest, from the most noblest amongst you, a messenger. Okay, that who honors you and everything he does is to save you. However, for those who truly believe in Allah, He is most merciful, most kind. 
صلى الله عليه وسلم and here meaning in the hereafter he will give you the shafa'a okay where you need the rahma then okay لن يدخل الجنة أحدا بعمله none will enter paradise in the day of judgment with his action إلا برحمته and رحمته is محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم okay Allah said then if they listen to this O Muhammad and they don't follow you فإن تولوا you should just say my lord is my savior and he is sufficient upon him I depend and to him inshallah is my return yes my mom was supposed to have sasam very time she'll make a tasbih with a siba and she'll feel asleep and before it touches the ground the sun will be there in front of her Allahu Akbar mashallah this is beautiful this is beautiful so these verses these two verses if you want to read and I read them every day 41 times the sheikh told my brother Muhammad read it 41 times they are beautiful verses those verses there is no doubt about it they are absolutely what I have learned okay from the Prophet is that if you read those two verses in the morning okay one time only but when you come to فَإِن تَوَلَّوْ فُغُ الْحَزْبِ repeat it then six times to make it seven okay if you do this you will not be killed in your day never and if you read it in the night you will not be killed you can die normally but you will not be killed somebody could come and kick you somebody could come and have an, I have a friend of mine he's always having accidents <laughs> he was driving his family maybe seven, eight, nine children in the car big one of the big car from Jeddah to, to Mecca okay and his wife and all of them he always he is, mashallah, a dhakr. Yani, if zikr is a man, he was a dhikr. Really powerful man. He never used to sleep. And he's driving, and his car, you know, the roads there are not very good. So his car rolled eight, seven times, and it was quashed. He was awakened, and his wife and his children by the police, and they were cutting the car. When they got them out, not one single scratch in any one of them. So we said to him, it's a miracle. I said, not a miracle. It is the Quran. It's the Quran. Because the Quran, what he read, he means this. They all read this. How could we? We trust in the Prophet and we believe in Allah. Okay? Allah will defend those who believe. And for their victory, he is most capable of giving them that victory. So read this. لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَلِدْتُمْ حَرِيسٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمُنِينَ رَوْفُ الرَّحِيمِ this is the first verse, one time. فَإِن تَوَلَّوْ فَقُلْ حَذْبِيَ اللَّهُ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّهُ عَلَى تَوَكَّلْتُ وَرْبَعَشْ عَظِيمٌ Repeat this seven times in the morning and the evening. This is a must. Anybody who wants to live good, and look at the people of the dunya, when they establish a business, when they buy a home or a car, if they are steadfast and understanding, and they don't want to get trouble with the law or with the police, they get their insurance, they get their taxation, everything in place. The people who don't know, they are in trouble. And subhanAllah, they always lose because they pay more money later on. The bay leaves and whatever. They're supposed to pay 70, they pay 4, 700, 500 pounds. Because they don't understand. But the people who are diligent, they do it properly. Okay? The believers in the same way. This is the insurance. Okay? This is the insurance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that he can save you and look after you. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yes. Yes. الانشراح 10 times 
If your life is difficult, if you are not able to make ends meet, or if spiritually you are unable to fulfill yourself properly, every morning read Surah Al-Anshirah ten times, and I promise you by Allah, it will be fantastic. This is tried. Everything I tell you, I try myself. I don't tell you without trying. Yeah. Yes, Imad? Mm. That's a, a man, subhanAllah, may Allah bless him, a man who converted to Islam in the 80s, and then subhanAllah, yeah, after I finish, then my sister can ask the question. SubhanAllah, then what happened is, this man, who always used to follow me wherever I go in London, do my da'wah, we used to go to the market, this is in the 80s, okay, early 90s, 91, 92, and subhanAllah, one day I was sitting teaching in a mosque called Quba Mosque in Stock Newton, and he was sitting in the class. And my class was Hafaz al-Qur'an. Kids who are 9 to 11 years old, all Hafaz Qur'ans. And what a pleasure to teach them the Arabic language. Because what I used to do is, when I teach them a verb or a word, I, I tell them, give me example from the Qur'an. And subhanAllah, they just read the verses for me. It is really beautiful, because they know the Qur'an, and the Qur'an is the language, the Arabic language. So they, they because by reading, then they understand. and that, that the, So the elders used to come and sit. Okay, and enjoy that. And he said them. And then I said, the lesson, all alhamdulillah, all my Arabic lessons were like da'wah lessons. I always teach culture. In language, I have to teach culture. So when I teach culture, I teach the culture of the Prophet which is Islam. So people find it amazing. And, they, and then I was sitting there and I was telling those people about Sayyidina Muhammad and his love to the poor people and the needy and the orphans and the widows. And he used to sit with them and eat with them and... And then I said, he used to make a dua because he used to love Allahumma hini miskinan. Oh Allah, allow me to live as a miskin, a needy person. miskinan, and allow me to die as a miskin. And in the day of judgment, raise me and allow me to be entering with the people who were miskin in this world, the needy. This brother, I didn't know what he was doing. He wrote it, he went that night. He's a very good, he was doing some social work, whatever, or youth work, and he's in a stable job, he got an apartment, everything. He started reading this dua that night, he spent all his life reading it. He was very steadfast. Next morning, he went to his job, he was sacked. <laughs> now, I was teaching, and suddenly, while I'm teaching, during the day, nobody comes to me. They always when I do the extra lesson, people come and ask me, a man came to me and said to me, look, there's somebody waiting outside for you. I said to him, nobody comes to me. He said, no, 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 there's definitely somebody outside there. So I went downstairs and I found him. What's wrong, my brother? He said, you know what you taught last night? I said to him, what did I teach last night? I even forgot. And then when he reminded me, I said to him, yeah, 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 that's the prophet. And he said, I read the dua or not last night. I said to him, sure, mashallah, very good. He said, I got the sack. <laughs> <laughs> I was never sacked before. I said to him, now? You enter into the real test. Yeah, you said you want to be like the miskins? Live your day by day. Yeah? Because sometimes we don't understand this. You know? We're born in a house, our parents are there, there's a roof over our head, we're eating and drinking, we're having everything. Until you come to a position when you don't have. It happened to me. I had never needed anybody to give me anything. I had never worked for nobody, nothing. 
My father, rahmatullah alayhi, was very good to me. Anything I wanted, he gave me. I came to England. I, I used to yani have, wallahi, when I was a student, I used to have money more than the people who are working. Everything I want. When I came to England, I was living the best life. If you student will rent a room, I will rent a flat. I have too much money. And I don't do anything. Yeah, alhamdulillah, rabbil alam. My father was just, he said, what you have, use it. And anybody who needs, help them. And that's my way. And suddenly, I was told to get married. Now, I'm getting married. I'm not even working. don't have a job. I just finished my education. I can't go to my father and say, I want to get married, get me married. It's kind of a man I am. So I decided myself, no, no, no. no. I'm going to tell my dad not to send me any money. I'm going to be the man. <laughs> I did. But then how am I going to get married? How am I going to get a job? What am I going to do? So I prayed to guys, And I always, this part, last part of Dalal al-Khairat, I can't emphasize it enough. Wallah, is the best for your need. Okay? Sahib al-Husn wal-Jamal. The part we read. Some people, they don't say to us, we read it, we leave. But read it, get the book, read it. Okay? I have got some translated copies that I will bring them next week. Whoever wanted, they can take them. And you can even download it from the internet, I think. This part is not long. It takes five minutes to read. So I prayed my Torah Ga'at and I read it. Wallah, this is now my destiny. But you promised in the Quran, you said, your sustenance is in the heaven and all that which you are promised. I'm going to do my part. I leave your part to you. And I traveled to Sudan to tell my family that I'm going to get married. So I went. The first thing, port of call, I go to the Sheikh. Rahmatullah Ali. Sheikh Al-Fatih Garibullah. So I went to him. I sat with him. He was very nice to me. And I said to him, I'm supposed to get married. He said, I know. I said to him, but I don't have anything. He said to me, you are born with nothing. So I said to him, pray for me that I'll find it easy. He said, don't worry. Do what you do and everything will be all right. So, subhanAllah, I was leaving, he said to me, did you talk to your mom and dad? I said, I'm going to them. He said, with my permission. I went to the car, I was driving, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, suddenly, I felt his smell. When you go to him, you smell a beautiful smell in the car. I didn't say anything, I just froze. The man who was driving said to me, do you smell this smell? Wow, what a beautiful smell. I didn't speak. And he was trying to nudge me. Do you smell this smell? I didn't, yes. And after a while, I said to him, yeah, I smell the smell. I didn't know how to speak. He said to me, wonderful. Where did it come from? I said to him, you will not believe me, but this is the smell of the man I just came from. Okay. So, subhanAllah, I arrived. I talked to my parents. My parents said, all right, fine. And I left. I have nothing to get married. And imagine I'm going to get married to a Pakistani woman who needs two or three sets of gold. <laughs> Unheard of. So I calculated for me to get married, take my wife to Sudan, to visit her fam my family, to, to be a man independent. I need at least 7,000 pounds, minimum. While I was taking the train to go back to Khartoum, to come back to England, I was sitting on the train, and this man 
was walking in the carriages, calling, is there any Abu Bakr here? Is there any Abu Bakr here? Abu Bakr? And everyone said, no, no, not you. He was just, no, not you. When he came to my carriage, is there any Abu Bakr here? Three men said, yes, me. And then he saw me. I said to him, my name is Abu Bakr. I said, yeah, yeah, it is you. Where do you come from? I said, in London. I said, this is my man. And then he put his hand in his pocket. He got this paper. He said, I was asked to give you this paper. When you need it, open it. Whatever you need will be done. There is an old lady sitting next to me. He said to him, my brother, he come from London. Everything is easy. I need it. Give it to me. <laughs> I was about to give it to him. He said to me, no. It's for you. Keep it. I did not open it. I came to London. Everything went well. One day, I was sitting, daunting on me, 7,000 pounds. What am I going to do? So I opened that paper, and it has an instruction. So I followed the instruction. And subhanAllah, I did my first business deal, and I got 7,000 pounds profit. I got married, and alhamdulillah, 30 years now. History. So what I'm trying to tell you from here, Allah can do anything for you. You just need to hold on to him. You need to long to him. You need to want to be with him. But you can't just go to him there. You need somebody to guide you there. When you go to an office to see, okay, the director or the manager, his PA or his secretary will have to take you in. Here, it is Muhammad Sallallahu Okay? He is the guide. If you don't come through Muhammad, you don't come. Okay? I always read this hadith. We don't hear it. لو استفتحوا إلي طريق أو استفتحوا علي باب أو محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم If they took a path to come to me or they open a door to enter into my present they will never enter paradise until they come behind you لو استفتحوا لو استلكوا إلي طريق أو استفتحوا علي باب لن يدخلوا الجنة حتى يأتوا خلفك يا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم I am really serious about this If you want to go anywhere go with Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم Okay all those people who don't know what Dalai al-Khairat is. Dalai al-Khairat is a little book I carry with me all the time in my pocket. My book is called the Yolo Book. This is very, very old, all broken, but I still carry it. It's a book, it's a collection of salawat for the Prophet Now, salawat. Some people don't take care about salawat. What is salawat? I don't know what salawat are. I really don't know. I'm not going to. People try to say, but salawat is from Allah. To the Prophet Muhammad. Us, we only say, Allahumma salli. Oh Allah, you make salah for Muhammad. How? We don't know. But Allah said in the Quran, Inna Allah Indeed, Allah and His angels are always making salawat for Muhammad. Oh, you who believe, continuously make salawat for Muhammad. Now, this book, I tell you, for me, after the Quran, there is no book more valuable than this one. It's the most important. If I die, I want it to be buried with me. Yeah? I'm not just saying it's buried with me just because I love it, because there is an evidence that a farmer in Turkey died and he told his son to bury it with him. And his son saw him in the dream, said to him, Dad, what happened to you? He said, Son, I am so happy with you. You followed my instruction. I asked you when I am dead to take my dalail, put it on my chest and put my hand like that and you bury me with it. Alhamdulillah. Today I am in Medina. What do you mean that? He said, 
Don't go to the grave anymore. The man who's in the grave where we are in Turkey is from Medina. I am in Medina now. I'm in Al-Baqi'a. And if you want to make sure, go to the ruler, okay, in Istanbul, ask him to send you to the ruler in Medina. And so he went to him, told him a story, you know, during the time of the Uthman ruling. So he wrote a letter, it's still in the Medina library, the letter is there. So he wrote the letter to him, they took it to the wali of Medina in the Uthmani time. He went to call the judge and they went to the grave of a man who was known in Medina that was died. They opened it and there was the man with his book, smiling. Where is our man from Medina? The son said to them, he's where my dad was. <laughs> so Medina reject the people he doesn't want and bring the people it wants. So you could die in London, but you could be moved to Medina. This is Allah's wisdom. Okay? So this book is very good. And subhanallah, you read it, you benefit. It is absolutely, and it's just something, and every day take you five minutes to read. I challenge anybody to read it for a week who will not then be linked to it. You will love it. Okay? Absolutely. If you can't read it, just listen to it. Get a recording and listen to it. It's okay to have it as an app as well, right? Why not? You can have it as an app. Why not? There's an iPhone app for for, for the, There is an app? Okay. People get the app, please, for it. The Lail al Khairat, to be honest with you, it is, it is that which helped me a lot in all my life. And I tell you one, one, one very, very thing that happened to me with Sheikh Nazim, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Subhanallah, when he was really making his da'wah and he was crowded in 1986-87 with people, and I was very, very busy at that time with da'wah in London. There's a man, rahmatullah alayhi, an Egyptian man, very, very rich man. He used to be in commodity business. And he had a big office in Kensington High Street, opposite to Prince Charles Palace. Is that it? Where the gate is. There are those big red buildings. He owned one of those buildings, and inside he has a meeting room as big as this room. It had a table. I had never seen a table like that. Around it, there are a hundred chairs. It's his, okay, boardroom. So he called somebody to call me. When I went to him, he said, look, I am absolutely in need of you. I am a man who have a lot of problems, but my love is for Rasulullah and his family. Wherever I go to Cairo, I go to Hussein Mosque, I go to Sayyidina Nafisa, Sayyidina Zainab, and I was being asked to ask you to come and read salawat for me in my uh, room or my office. I said to him, but why? He said, please do this. Please don't ask me why. He used to be the general secretary for the Egyptian in London. He said, my job is I'll prepare this room, I'll give you a few people to come and support you and help you, and I'll bring them food, anything they want. They can have a nice meal every week. Thursday night. We agreed. I declared it. Whoever wants to come, you can come. It's not by invitation. You don't need to be invited for dhikr. Rasulullah said in the hadith, When you pass by the gardens of paradise, then indulge. So subhanallah, what happened is, يعني, straight away, I'm just looking, the sister was trying to ask, I don't want her to go. Straight away, يعني, I began, the circle became very known 
We just go there and read Dalal al-Khaira. Some brothers are very, very upset. Why do you go to this rich man place? We shouldn't go to this rich I said, look, he's not asking us anything. We're just reading Dalal al-Khaira. We're not taking anything. Sometimes the table is full and people are sitting outside, more than 100 people. And one night, Thursday night, I was there normally, it was Ramadan, and we were reading the Lal Khairat. And subhanallah, every 15, 20 minutes, a sheikh will come with his people. We had about six mashaykh or seven mashaykh, and then suddenly who comes? Sheikh Nadim, with his murid. And we see a man who was so angry. And he sat next to me, he said to me, you ruined my day. I said, what, what, what did I do? He said, I invited Sheikh to have iftar with me today. Because Sheikh, every night, he goes and have iftar with somebody. And that man was... So he said to me, once we came out of the mosque, I'm trying to drive Sheikh to my house. And Sheikh said to me, no, 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 no. I could smell a smell. Could you turn next right? But Sheikh, this is not a house. No, 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 just follow the smell. Turn left here. And Sheikh, not, not living. Until he brought him to Kensington High Street in front of there, and he was inside. And Sheikh Nadim, the moment he entered, you know, Sheikh, he wrote, Sheikh Awakar, the smell brought me. I said, what smell, Sheikh Nadim? I said, Dalal al-Khairat. Okay? It brought me. The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi guided me to come to this place. Okay? And then suddenly, while sitting talking, who comes in? Muhammad Ali Klai. With Don King, with his hair standing up, walked in, and we sat down, and subhanallah, we had one of the most wonderful night of the Lal Khairat. And after we finished, we were sitting around, and Muhammad Ali Klai was asking me before his speech. He said to me, Sheikh, and I want to know more about this. And I noticed I'm here for the last few weeks. People walk in because he was staying in that hotel. And subhanAllah, he said to me, I want to know about these people and the way they are dressed and who is who. And I told him about the Mashaykh. That, and I hear about the Bay'ah. What the Bay'ah explained to him. He said to me, I want to take bay'ah. Would you give me bay'ah? I said, no, 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 it's not for me. There are a lot of older men here. So I said it loudly to people. This young man here, Muhammad Ali Klai, is asking about bay'ah. I explained to him, you were hearing me, he wants to take bay'ah. Which of you can give him bay'ah? Sheikh Nadim Sudaf said, I am for him, I'll give him bay'ah. <laughs> and he took bay'ah from Sheikh Nadim. Uh, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. The boxer, Muhammad Ali Klai, the boxer. Yeah. So this is Dalai al-Khairat. If you don't know about it, please ask people who know, like Gibril, who read it, uh, ask people about it. But I promise you, this is the best thing that you can read. This is the best thing you can read. It will. But if you have any problem, you need a solution, pray to Raga'az, open the last hizb. It is divided into tw- tw- seven days, but it is divided also to 24 hizb. Because the people who really read the Al-Khara, they read this book every day. For every hour, they try to read the hizb. You see? It takes... Two minutes, three minutes to read. And what it, it needs somebody with. Yeah? Now, subhanAllah, the last hizb we read together, Sahib al-Husni wal-Jamal. Okay? And it will be very, very My beautiful. Asking, uh, can you read in English if you can't read Arabic? Yes, you can read it in English. You can. Initially, you can read it in English. But, preferably, if it is recorded, you listen to the recording in Arabic while you are following, okay, the English translation. But read the translation. Last time I asked somebody to read the translation. You read the translation. Yeah? Did you all hear the translation? Yeah? Everybody knows the translation of Sahib al-Husn al-Jamal? Anybody who doesn't know it? 
Well, have you got an English one? Yeah, it, let let him get 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 an English. Anybody have got English? Yes, yeah. Can you open Sahib al Husn al Jamal? Is your voice loud? Amir al Islam? Try. Try English. Listen to, listen to this, please. Just take two, three minutes. <laughs> oh God, bless our Master Muhammad, the possessor of beauty and handsomeness, of splendor and perfection, of radiance and light, of youthful servants and ahuris, of chambers and palaces, of a graceful tongue and a praiseworthy heart, of renowned. Uh, knowledge and a victorious army of sons and daughters, of pure wives, of the highest of ranks, of the spring of Zamzam, of the station of Abraham, of the holy sanctuary, of, of infallibility, of an orphan's upbringing, of the, of the pilgrimage, of the Quranic recitation, of glorification of the merciful, of the Ramadan fast, of the flag, of nobil nobility and generosity, the fulfiller of promises, the possessor of longing for God, the one who kindled such longing in others, the owner of the mule, of noble birth, of the fool, of the scepter, the prophet of return, the speaker with reward, the one mentioned in the book, the prophet servant of God, the prophet treasure of God, the prophet proof of God, the prophet obedience, to whom is the same, same as obedience to God, and to whom the disobedience is the same as disobedience to the Arabian prophet, the Kuraiji prophet, the Zamzami prophet, the Meccan prophet, the Tihami prophet, possessor of the handsome face, the naturally mascarred eyebrows, the noble cheeks, and the spring of Kafir and Salsabim, the conqueror of the Arabic-speaking peoples, the destroyer of the unbelievers, the slayer of the polytheists, the guide to the divine garden and the vicinity of the benevolent God, for those with shining faces and shining limbs, the companion of our master Gabriel, peace be upon him, the messenger of the Lord of the world, the advocate for sinners, even though their sins may reach the limit of the clouds, the lamp of the darkness and the full moon, May God's blessing be upon him and his most purely chosen family, blessings eternal and everlasting, never diminishing, the blessings of God be upon him and his family, blessings by means of which he, his happiness is renewed, his sendings and his resurrection on the promised day are honored. Bless him and his family, the rising stars, blessings more generous than abundant pouring rains. Send them to the one who of all the Arabs is more just, more eloquent, greater in faith, higher in station, more articulate in words, more careful of the rights of others, and purer in his aversion for others. For he enlightened the path and advised creation, made Islam known and smashed the idols, made justice appear and forbid the prohibited, and spread favors to the whole world. Blessings of God be upon him and his family at every gathering and every spot. Best of God's blessings and peace be upon him and his family over and over again. Blessings which are a source of treasure, the blessings of God be upon him and his family. Complete and pure blessings. The blessings of God be upon him and his family. Blessings ensued by fragrances and scents, succeeded by forgiveness and satisfactions. And the blessings of God be upon the one through whom the lineage of mankind was most permeated with goodness, and because of whom the notion of glory was exalted, and through the light of whose cheeks the moons were illuminated, and the generosity of his right hand illuminated the clouds and seas, our master and prophet Muhammad, who by the splendor of his signs illuminated the highlands and the lowlands, and by the Miracles of his signs, the book was initiated and the good news was transmitted. The blessings of God be upon him and his family and his companions who immigrated to help him and helped him to immigrate. And blessed be the immigrants and blessed be the helpers. Blessings which grow and are eternal for as long as the birds coo in the forests. Rain streams down in abundance and multiply the eternal blessings upon him. O oh God, bless our master Muhammad and his good and noble family with blessings which are perpetual and eternally bound up with the duration of the own of majesty and nobility. 
O God, bless our Master Muhammad, who is the whole of majesty, the son of prophethood, and the message, the guide away from error, and the critic of ignorance. The blessings and peace of God be upon him. Eternal blessings bound up, up with, and successively repeating in accordance with, the alternation of day and nights. O God, bless our Master Muhammad, the ascetic prophet, the messenger of the only eternal king, and God's blessings and peace be upon him. Blessings which are eternal, and which reach the farthest limits of eternity, with no break and depletion. Blessings which save us from the heat of hellfire and evil resting place. O God, bless and grant peace to our Master Muhammad, the unlettered prophet, and his family. Blessings which are uncountable, and blessings whose supply is not needed. Amen. Amen. This is finished there. Uh, the, the brother just went further to the next chapter. The book is divided into seven chapters, Monday to, yani, to, to Sunday. And the book, mashallah, is easy to read. You can listen to it, it's beautiful. Mashallah, Ahmad, Mabrook, mashallah, Allahu Akbar. Welcome. So may Allah make it easy for all of you. Give you tawfiq, success. I, the sister there just asked a question before you put your hand in the back there. Pardon? Yeah. You could see the Prophet وسلم, in all his time. You could see him before, okay? He was born spiritually. You could see him when he was born. You could see him, okay? Anytime. Anytime. You could see your, the Prophet fighting a battle. You see? You can go back. You can be with him. You can eat with him. You can walk with him. You can go make tawaf around with him. A lot of people see dreams about the Prophet in different ways. And you can go now and visit his mosque. You can go. Some people today, they see themselves every day in the mosque of the Prophet They go inside the grave of the Prophet Inside. And they sit with him, talk to him. You can see him in different But some people can't see only the light. You see, because there is a barrier still. Some people only hear the voice. Some people just have the feeling yes, the Prophet was there, but they don't see. It depends upon your station and position. But really, if you are longing to him, and you are close to him, you will see him by his permission and the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They say if somebody is so thirsty, will dream water. So hungry, will dream of food. If you are so longing for the Prophet you will surely dream of him. Alright? If you see the Prophet in your dream, for sure, before you die, you will see him like you see me. There is a hadith, sahih. In which Rasulullah said, Whosoever has seen me in his dream will surely see me while he's awake. While he's awake. Naam? How? Spiritually. Alright? The jinn are here. They could be with us now. Malaika, as our hadith says, are here. Do we see them? Not all of us can see. If Allah allows it, then the veil will be removed. To see him spiritually. But you will not be able to see him in the physical format. You see him spiritually. Like you will see him in the day of judgment. You see? That's the idea. Any more questions? Jazakumullah khair. Inshallah. Yes, my brother. It's a collection collected. It is written by different people in the past. Okay? Some uh, said by the Prophet. Some said by the companions. But it's collected together in one book. Called Al Khairat by Imam in buried in uh, Marrakesh in Morocco called uh, Sheikh uh, Muhammad ibn Sulaiman al Jazuli. 
Yeah? It's a very good book. It's a very good book to read, inshallah.